If you want behind-the-scenes access, ad-free episodes, extended interviews, how-tos, and a ton of other surprises, support Clit Talk by joining our Clit Talk Confidential Members Only, a private safe space for our clitorati. Go right now to patreon.com backslash Clit Talk Confidential. And for $11.11, you can get all this and so much more. Pussy, pussy, it's gonna be a good one today, yes. I'm talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk, talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow, bring your pussies to the show. This episode is brought to you by Let's Get Checked and For Your Wellness. Hi, Clitorati. So here at Clit Talk, we like a strong, healthy pussy. We want all the best information on how to keep her happy and ready for action. So today, we have brought in the hottest pelvic floor coach we could find, helping those with a vulva overcome back pain, prolapse, incontinence, and unsatisfying sex is her mission. Please welcome, all the way from British Columbia, the vagina coach, Kim Botney. Oh, yes. She really is the hottest vagina coach too. And like, I know you guys can't see her. Well, you can see her if you go to our VIP club, but she has the most beautiful vulva art diagrams her. diagrams and artwork <laughs> behind her it's amazing i'm like i need a bookshelf like that <laughs> a wall of pussy a wall of pussy exactly a wall of pussy a I great wall that. of pussy the great wall, wall of pussy, pussy. <laughs> i need a wall of pussy in my life um no but you just totally demist so we just did a video with you that's going to be on our patreon and you literally had me understand what a kegel was for the first time in my life. And Good. the way you, you described it was unbelievable. The visuals and the, and the um, visualizations made all the difference. I actually, for the first time in my life, feel like I know what it is. Okay. <laughs> I isn't, echo it that. isn't it amazing how many years you've lived in your body and you've, it's like, oh, wow. I, why, how has it taken so long for me to know that before? It's kind of crazy, yeah. right? Well, it was so cool because you showed us without us having to have like a Kegel weight or a Yoni egg and, and like brought it to basics, which was super hot. Yeah. Which you, you have to have the basics first. And a lot of people, I think, try to start Kegel training with an egg or with a device. And that can sometimes be, it's like me deciding I want to go work out at the gym and I pick up a 50, 50 pound dumbbell, right? You you have to start with. (laughs) Form and you have to start with you know the smaller weight and progress up and um, yeah so you have to start with the, with the basics first. Mm-hmm. It's also something that a doctor will just offhandedly tell you. Well, do you do Kegels? Mm-hmm. And you'll be like, Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think I'm doing um, that. <laughs> I yes, I have like alerts in my calendar twice a day to do Kegels. And there's until this conversation Good. that we had today, like on our with the video, um, I. Now understand if someone asks me if I do Kegels, I can be like, yes, I do. Yes, I and do. I have a resource for you. <laughs> yeah, I really do. I'm sending everybody to you, Kim. It's insane. Yeah. I'm oh, legitimately, and I know we'll, we'll talk about this later, but she, you have something called the Buff Muff Challenge, which by the way, I love. We're all signed up for it. <laughs> we're all and signed up for it. it. Oh, yeah. I know. And, I'm so excited to have you guys. 
And I'm so, because I think there's a little bit of a conversation that like, oh, Kegels are really for women after you have a baby. But um, you educated me today because I made sort of an offhanded joke that, oh, when I jump rope or I'm on a trampoline, a little pee comes down. You're like, that's actually incontinence. Mm -hmm. And it's really an important part of your pelvic floor health. So I realized this is actually something very important for me, especially if I do want to have a baby, like it's important to get your pelvic floor health healthy before you want to do that as well. So I'm super excited for the... I want a buff muff, Kim. I'm ready. (laughs) Well, and I think it's really going to help my back pain. Just at this Mm -hmm. one exercise that you just took us through, Like I came in with probably like a 6 out of 10 pain in my sacrum and it feels like more open now. you Mm -hmm. you, You go through these visualizations of how to like do your breathing and do all this internal kind of stuff. So... Yeah, it's really important from a Kegel perspective. It, it, it is a bit of an elusive exercise. And so totally. often they're done in a position like you may have read in a magazine or you might have heard the myth that, oh, you should just do them at every red light. And most chairs that we sit in put us into a posterior tilt, meaning we sit more on our sacrum or our tailbone than we mm-hmm. do actually mm-hmm. forward on our vulva and our sit bones. And so when we do that, and especially when we do it for hours and hours a day, or that's kind of where we spend the most of our time, what happens is we have bones and joints in our pelvis and they are pelvic floor muscles attached to those bones and joints. And when we sit on our tailbone, which is one of the attachment points, first of all, it puts a lot of pressure on the SI joints. If everybody's, anybody's had back pain, they've heard of SI joint, mm-hmm. but that tailbone becomes kind of more tucked underneath us. And over time, the pelvic floor actually holds on to more tension. It's held in a, in a tighter state, so to speak. And if you can think about you, the, the muscle, like uh, your arm, put your arm down at your side straight. And if anybody's ever gone to the gym or has, has seen anybody do a bicep curl, what would happen is the elbow would bend and the palm would come up towards the shoulder. And then you would lengthen your arm back down. That's a bicep curl. So now hmm. partially curl your arm up so that it's just below kind of a 90 degree bend, but you have a little bit of a bend in the elbow. And now just Imagine walking around like that all day long. And oh, maybe, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and so the muscle has used part of its force. It's already, it's already used up some of its, its potential to um, lift something. And if you hold it there all day, it's going to become fatigued. It might become a bit painful. And then if I was to ask it to lift something heavy or respond to, to a need, it would it could maybe it do it a little bit. It's already been partially used up and there's not as much force left available to meet that demand. So the same thing help, happens oh, wow. in the pelvic floor where if you sit in a tucked position all day or if you stand in a tucked position, that the muscles adapt to being shorter. And then when things like laughing, coughing, sneezing, jumping, you know, when life happens, mm-hmm. then those part of the capacity mm-hmm. for those muscles to respond to that force has been used up. So they usually can't then contract in time or strong enough to withstand that laugh or cough or sneeze. And so we end up leaking urine. Hopefully wow. Yeah. Well, which is what's happening to me, which I'm so glad I just announced that to thousands of people. Um, <laughs> but, what a shame, uh, right? no, but really, but really and truly. So if you guys want access to that video, you can head over to our VIP. It was really, really remarkable. And you can also sign up for Kim's Buff Muff Challenge. So we kind of started to talk about, you know, you know, Sugar Katie and I are in all different sort of stages of vulva health and evolution. Mm -hmm. And that's something that you really talk about, like educating women about the different, you know, stages of vulva health. Um, 
And you say that it all sort of starts with menstruation, right? Like when mm-hmm. you first start to menstruate. So can you sort of walk us through your your recommendations for women in all stages of life? Because our listeners are all different ages. Yeah. Well, hopefully not. Hopefully people who aren't menstruating are not listening to this <laughs> yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and really, you know, it, it could start even earlier than that. So it, it comes down to in our... My husband and I very were very open um, with our children about body parts and naming them exactly as they are. And now I have two boys, so I haven't, but but they still know what vulvas are. And part of it is because their mom is a vagina coach and I have vulvas all over the house. But it was not something that we nicknamed and it wasn't something that we started to whisper or it was just, we name, we name, you know, here's your nose, here's your head, here, we, we name all the parts. Why are we hush hush about penises and pelvis and anuses and what have you? So mm-hmm. I think oh, it, yeah, yeah. it can start there in the sense of just at least identifying what they are. And then as we, we get older, when the conversations around menstruation and sexual health happen, isn't that the best opportunity to introduce functions? Like what exactly the pelvic floor is? What is it responsible for in the body? Where, how can the various life stages that we go through influence the pelvic floor? How can we keep it healthy through pregnancy, childbirth, uh, menopause, or, or even if we do, well, everybody's going to do the menopause thing, but not everybody's going to choose to become pregnant or give birth. So mm-hmm. that doesn't mean though that just because you haven't been pregnant or given birth, that doesn't mean that your pelvic floor is fine, quote unquote fine. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a part mm-hmm. of the body that is influenced by posture, which we've just talked about. It's influenced by falls, car accidents, surgeries, trauma, you know, sexual trauma or, or not. It, it, it's so many aspects of our life contribute to if we have a good response or, or not with our pelvis and our pelvic floor. Are there, are there less sort of, cause I'm, you said I have incontinence, obviously I do. And, but I haven't had anything major like that. Are there less subtle things that can happen? Are genetics a part of it? Like how, like, yeah. I haven't had any. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So it could be genetics. It could be, and for you, it could be as simple as just posture, the posture that you hold yourself in through the day. It may just mean that your pelvic floor has more tension than it, it, it optimally should have. And then maybe it can't actually generate the force needed, or maybe just the timing is a little bit off. Uh, I am a singer. Does that would that could that have anything to do? Yeah, with there's it? a huge correlation between the pelvis and vocal cords and oh and breath God. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. And that could so be it. Okay. It doesn't always mean because people associate so yours would be considered stress urinary incontinence. So stress urinary incontinence is where there's some sort of force or exertion that happens, like Lafkowski's jump that mm-hmm. that uh, the pelvic floor can't respond to either in time or strongly enough. And so then a little bit of urine leaks out. And there's also urge incontinence where you go about your day and then all of a sudden you get an overwhelming urge. And sometimes you feel like you can't make it to the bathroom in time and you have this full blown release. So yours would be more stress urinary incontinence where it's a little Got bit. It. Um, and you can have a bit of both, but people associate incontinence with elderly populations. They associate it with people who've been pregnant or given birth and they also associate it with weak muscles. I must have loose, weak muscles. But weakness uh, can come in very tight muscles, like non-relaxing muscles as well. So it doesn't mean that if you have incontinence, so in your case, stress urinary incontinence, that doesn't mean that you have to do more of the up training part of Kegels, meaning the contract and lift. Maybe you need more of the relax with then just a little bit of the up and lift and then more like say five breaths focusing on the, the vulva blossoming and the, the labia 
breathing. And then maybe one of the up and lift, whereas other people maybe have less tone and maybe they do need to work more on the up training, which is the contract and lift. So they might do more of the emphasis on the contract and lift or holding up there for a little bit longer and then letting it go. Are you telling me that my vulva needs to chill out? Possibly. Okay. <laughs> a lot of people a lot of people have that. It's it's very, yeah. very common to have hypertonicity, it would be called. Okay. Okay. So that's that's so when we were going through the exercise with you, that so the part where you suck up, I think like where you're you're tensing, I think is the part that everyone always focuses on with Kegels. And what I'm hearing you say is the relaxing of it with the breathing out is just as important. Well, for some people, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Especially okay. for That's pregnant people. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then one thing that you just said there with regards to sucking up, the other thing that, and none of you said this, but it's very common for, for people when, when I'm teaching them how the breath interacts with the pelvic floor and how the inhales is when the pelvic floor is lengthening and the exhales is when the pelvic floor is contracting. Most people or many people have been doing kegels where they actually take a breath in. So they're inhaling and almost thinking about drawing everything up and in, and then they exhale and then they, that's when they're trying to relax the pelvic floor. But physiologically, that's reversed to what should be happening. So a lot of people get early on, it's like an unlearning of what they have been doing and then a, a relearning of what normally, what physiologically should be happening. And But once you get it, it makes a huge, huge difference. Mm. I think I have the same issue, but a different problem, like as a result of it is my, my problem is the back pain, but I yeah. think it's too, I hold so much tension because my whole like through line of the story is that I never masturbated and then I start and then my back pain got better because I think I was holding so much. Mm. So that when you say focus, like maybe, you know, to Lindsay that she doesn't need to focus so much on the sucking up, but the releasing, mm-hmm. it made it uh, a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Um, and when we think about, again, those, the muscles that attach into the pelvis. So the pelvic floor is the base of our, of our core, essentially. And the base of our spine is our tailbone or our coccyx. And that's an attachment point for the, the pelvic floor. And many people, for various reasons, sit or stand in a tucked position. Sometimes people mm-hmm. even exercise, like Pilates, a lot of people, Pilates schools of thought are to imprint, right? Place your, you're yep. back onto the, the ground. So a lot of people mm-hmm. spend a lot of time in that tucked position, which puts strain on those SI joints and can contribute to more tension in the pelvic floor. And when it isn't relaxing and releasing and are, we get restricted in our movement and we don't have as much kind of flow and freedom of, mm. uh, of like fascia, even the fascia, the fascial restrictions. So yeah, that's um, so like counterintuitive. You're right. Like when you work out and stuff, everyone says like, tuck your butt. Tuck, Cause you're talking about like tucking your butt up versus like actually having a little bit of an arch in your back is what's healthier for at least this part of your body. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that we can't move into tuck and untuck. It's, it's a, yeah. it's a, a movement accessible to us, but it's not where we should be holding ourselves and living for the majority of the day. Right. Oh, wow. That's so, that's so something I think a lot of people are going to have to unlearn. You know that at Clit Talk, we have made a promise to only represent products that we authentically believe in and would personally use ourselves. That's why we're so excited to share Dr. Christy Funk's supplements with you. She's my mom's breast cancer doctor and is guiding my entire family to make better lifestyle choices to go with our genetics. 
I started using them myself and I love the fact that I know that they were created by a doctor who has personally put in the research. So I know it's a quality product that I'm putting in my body. I mean, I'm all about biohacking health and I love to know that I can just have a cocktail and then take one of her Cosmo Companion supplements to offset the negative effects. I'm super excited for her multi-must-have. It's just like an awesome multivitamin. So ClitTalk signed up as an affiliate so that our Clitorati can get 10% off. So if you go to clittalkshow.com backslash discounts, and just go there and get a discount. Because we're all going to be using them and so should you. Boom. You're welcome. So I want to ask you this because I think a lot of people are like, okay, I'm going to do kegels. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I need to get some kegel weights. What are like... Let's, what are your feelings on Kegel weights, honestly? <laughs> yeah, they're, they became really popular with 50 Shades of Grey. I think everybody, you know, the world mm. exploded with Benoit balls and, and Kegel balls. And they can be a really valuable tool for some people. Uh, it's not where I recommend people start. So <clears throat> usually the first place that I recommend people start is either with yourself, but ideally with a pelvic floor physical therapist. They're kind of the gold standard in terms of assessing your ability to contract and relax in your pelvic floor. And before you invest in a device like a Kegel weight, have your invest in a pelvic floor physio appointment first, and they can determine if a device would be helpful. And then if, if it would be, then which one might help. But Kegel weights as a whole are, uh, again, something people think they need because if they feel like they're loose or if they feel like they're weak or if they feel like they need to, you know, get a stronger pelvic floor yeah. for sex or whatever reason, then they think, well, we go to the gym and lift weights. So I'm going to have to lift weights with my vagina as well. And yes, they can play a role, but the, the guidelines and instructions for many of those are to put them in and you know, sometimes they say walk around for 10 hold minutes them or up there. hold yeah, them in yeah. there. Right. And so people get into that the, the gripping and holding. And, and for some, when you start, like you put them in and sometimes they're too heavy in the sense and they'll fall out and you're just like, oh my God. And then you feel even worse about yourself and you're trying even harder to grip. Right. And if you're, if it's, if you're, if your problem is again, the need to let go rather than the need to recruit. Yeah. Then you're making exacerbate. it worse. Oh exactly. my gosh. It's yeah, only ha- it's so, like half of it's like half of what you're supposed to be doing, really. Yeah. So I think wow. that they can absolutely play a role. They can be very beneficial. And they once you've done, um, you know, kind of pelvic floor muscle training, and you've been working with a pelvic floor physio, and you want to take it to the next level, they absolutely play a role. But they're kind of like a progression. They're not some. They're not a place to start. Got it. Well, and I think you touched on something also that that is associated a lot with Kegels and that sort of like loose vagina phobia. Yeah. Um it's it seems to be one of the few neuroses that's really shared by a lot of cis women. Yeah. Um so can you sort of like demystify the notion of like tight pussy and reframe it cuz before we were when we were talking to you before you said there's a, there's kind of a difference between like a tight pussy and like a healthy I think you said strong, strong pussy am I quoting pussy. you right? Yeah, you yeah. said strong pussy right? Yeah. Yeah, strong and supple basically is what we're going for. And 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 the the word tight is what people associate with being strong. And mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of where the, the breakdown happens is they, they think that, you know, I need to tighten my vagina. But again, if somebody is already holding on to more tension and they have non-relaxing pelvic floor muscles, mm-hmm. all their goals and everything they do to try to tighten it even more is actually just going to contribute to 
an exacerbation of problems and not necessarily get them the result that they're looking for. So there can be many reasons why people think they have a loose vagina, so to speak. Like there may be, it may be after vaginal childbirth, there is, it is typically a bigger space, so to speak, but it's more to do with sensation. And again, when we talk about the nerves, there can be an interruption to sensation because of vaginal childbirth plays a lot places a lot of stretch and pressure against those nerves. And if you've had an extended push time, that can make that kind of loss of, of sensation even greater. Right. So <laughs> it can be that. It can also be the non-relaxing. So if you can't, if you're holding on to too much tension, there's no blood flow. There's no, we, we, you can't feel when things are too tight either. We need to to let that go to increase that sensation. So it's, it's getting out of the, or kind of um, re-educating about what makes a strong and supple vagina. We need mm-hmm. strength, we need endurance, but we need suppleness. And that goes for our whole body, really. And I think that there's yeah. been such a huge emphasis, I, being in the fitness industry for 150 years now, at least, but um, <laughs> in the fitness industry for so There's long. There's no way you're 150 <laughs> years old. No, you're not. You look too good, girl. You're the sexy vagina coach. <laughs> Unless you're a vampire vagina coach. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, maybe, yeah. Are, are you yeah. a vampire maybe vagina coach? Maybe I am. I'll never <laughs> anyway, so being in the fitness industry for a long time, it seems like every year things get harder and harder and harder. There's some new, more intense activity every year that is now this is going to be the ultimate to get you in shape. And there's been a lot of, you know, there's a movement in, in the female population to, I can do that too. I don't need to be singled out. You know, I, I can do what men can do. And Mm -hmm. so that happens sometimes without an appreciation for the difference in our anatomy for one, I'm going Mm -hmm. off on a bit of a tangent here, but basically saying there's a, a perception in the world that harder must be better. More must be better. Intensity must be better. And people associate that when they think about their pelvic floor, they think that, well, I don't feel as much during sex or I'm leaking or my organs are starting to shift out. Therefore, my my floor is weak and open. But sometimes it may just be a mismanagement of pressure and a, an inability to relax to to allow for circulation, to allow that sensation to be there, if that makes sense. Wow. So can we talk a little bit how pelvic floor health infiltrates our sex life? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Usually. <laughs> because yeah. She's there, like, that's what we do, do there. <laughs> we do an entire another episode on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, hugely tied to our, our sexual health. And in my world, I work with a lot of women who are experiencing challenges like incontinence, like organ prolapse, um, like pain. Pain is, I don't work, uh, I don't treat people per se with pain. So pain is absolutely 100% something I'm referring on to pelvic floor physio. However, that's not to say that the work that I do can't help alleviate or benefit people that do experience pain. But there are so many Pelvic pain is very multifactorial and it, there's a lot of different kind of pain syndromes. So you want to investigate that. Mm-hmm. But, but the pelvic floor is, it's our, it's so central to sex. And if there is something that is not feeling 
right, if we feel, if we have the perception we're loose, if we've lost sensation, if we are worried that we might leak during um, sex, if we're worried that our partner might see or feel our prolapse, or, Mm. you know, are we going to smell or, you know, there's all these things that can then interrupt our ability to be in the moment. And, and that then creates more tension in the muscles or, you know, lack of focus or lack of attention to if we're in, in a partnered situation. So Mm -hmm. there's, uh, it's hugely, hugely tied. And I always say pelvic health is so closely tied to our mental health and mental health is very closely tied to our sexual health. You know, so it's kind of, uh, it's, it's very interconnected for sure. Yeah. So is there any correlation to squirting? So good question. That so my area of expertise is not in uh, in sexual wellness coaching per se. Squirting is you know so people there's there's different schools of thought on ejaculation versus squirting, what it is, what's coming out, and I think your question is with regards to the function of the pelvic floor and would that mm-hmm. have any correlation to whether you can squirt or not. Is that clear? Am I clear on that? Yeah. That correct? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So it, again, it's in order to, in, in order to squirt or to have female ejaculation, there needs to be a few pieces in place. One of which is the ability to surrender and allow and be in the moment. And so some people think that if you have really powerful pelvic floor muscles that you would be able to squirt more or better. But sometimes your ability to even be able to squirt can be dependent on not having these rigid, tight, supersonic muscles, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I don't, I personally don't believe that it is a reflection of your, if you can or can't is not necessarily a reflection of whether you have strong supple muscles or not. Um, But, but I would say that there could potentially be uh, uh, a link in there, but I'm not 100% sure on that. For like a stronger squirt against the room. So, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so you did, um, you did mention about doing Kegels when you masturbate, which I yeah. think is a really um, is a great idea to bring that into your masturbation practice. Yeah. Um, so does that just heighten your orgasm or does it just... What what is it the? Can, yep, it can heighten the sensation leading up to orgasm, and it could potentially translate Let's into, do it. into a know, better I'm orgasm like... as well. Yeah, how do we do and, that? <laughs> yes. So you guys, I taught you how to do it, right? So you just you take your Kegel exercise and just however whether you're you know I use I like the the Empress. It's a clit sucker. Oh, and um, what? What? are you kidding? Are you kidding? Vush is our. Yes. Yes. I have it right here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is my favorite. Kim, yeah. you literally, I think you just like, oh my God. You told Wait, me no, to Clit do... Talk has a promo code. <laughs> Clit Talk has a promo code for the Empress and All Bush products. Okay. Use awesome. Clit Talk for 65% it's, off. It's literally yeah. my favorite sex toy. So the fact that you told me I could Same. use my favorite sex toy and do this, like, yes. it's the yes. best news I've heard all week. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. It's my favorite. And and so doing so using that in conjunction with doing your Kegel exercises while you're doing it, it will heighten the sensation and it can mm. it can get you there quicker if that's what your goal is. Sometimes that is mine because I have kids at home and sometimes you gotta, you know, you gotta make things <laughs> bang happen. it out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other thing though that I the other device that I like to use is called the V sculpt. In the States it's called the V Fit and it's it looks mm. like a it kind of looks like a big, long white dildo, but there's lights in it. So I call it my vag- 
uh, vagina lightsaber. And <laughs> it actually sorry, has... Are you talking about a sex toy that lights up? Yeah. I'm in. I'm buying one right now. I <laughs> <laughs> um, know about this. I yeah. actually... I, so I have a link for, for a discount on that one in my... Um, in my Instagram profile for the V fit or the V sculpt. Oh, but, fantastic. So it's a, it's a, it incorporates red light, heat and vibration and you insert it and you can use it externally for vibration if you like as well. But in, when it's inserted, when you do your kegels, well, let me back up. Have you ever seen those, those whole body vibration plates that people stand on in the yeah, gym? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Infomercials. So, yeah, I have. Yeah. So it used to be thought like, oh my God, how could that even work? But there's so much research to show the benefit of vibration training and how it challenges so many other aspects and brings in more muscle fibers, basically. And so I look at that. Now there's no research on this, but I look at that as saying, okay, well, I'm going to use that vibration internally and I'm getting the benefit of red light therapy and infrared heat. And I'm going to do my kegels against that. And that kind of, in my opinion, ups the ante on my pelvic floor muscles because I'm getting more activation. So that's my Mm -hmm. other one. So those are my two favorite. The the V-sculpt I don't necessarily use from a masturbation perspective. The the bush, the empress is the one that I use for that. And sometimes I might use both at the same time. Just saying. All right. That's um, Yeah. So, yeah. So it, it, it can increase sensation while you're, you're kind of your buildup to your, to your orgasm. It can make your orgasm better. Um, and then an orgasm itself is, it's like an involuntary kegel. So that's when you have an orgasm, your muscles are going through that range of motion of, you know, pick up a blueberry, let it go, pick it up, let it go, pick it up, let it go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Totally. Totally. That's amazing. Well, so, you have honestly revolutionized the way I think about kegels and and masturbation, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really I'm really excited. I love how you just you make it so approachable and understandable. You've like demystify really is the word to um use and you really I can really just sense your commitment to really educating women around this. And we are all signed up for the Buff Muff Challenge. We will let you guys know how amazing it is, obviously. I'm like, (laughs) like we, we get a lot of opportunities on the show, but I genuinely am fully committed and very excited to do this Buff Muff Challenge and we will share our journey around it. Um, and I think it's just. I'm very, I haven't been this excited about something in a long time. Like oh, I, well, awesome. I didn't, yeah, yeah. Um, so once again, Kim, where, where can our listeners find you? How can they work with you? What, what we, we obviously talked about the Buffalo Challenge, but you have other things that you offer. What's the best way for people to connect to you? Uh, so social media is where I, I hang out. Instagram is usually where I hang out the most. So Vagina Coach is my handle there and on Facebook and Twitter, but I, I don't really go a lot of Twitter to be honest. Um, and my website is vaginacoach.com and that's where you can find... So vaginacoach.com slash buffmuff is where you'll find the Buff Muff Challenge, but you'll find my full comprehensive Kegel Mojo program there. And if you happen to be pregnant, there's uh, the same the same type of offerings except for pregnant people. So there's a birth like a boss challenge and uh, prepare to push is kind of my full comprehensive program. And I also do one-on-one coaching if people want a little bit more personal direction. Amazing. And then if you guys want to see the visuals and the exercise that um, we did with her, 
you can go over to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash confidential and see all of us get educated. Kim had me literally stick my finger inside of me. It's a true story. I don't know how this kind of stuff <laughs> happened in these VIP videos. <laughs> you you are topless. They're putting your fingers inside yourself. I don't know like, happening, but... We're figuring things out over there on our Patreon. We were, we're willing to be the, the guinea pigs for you guys. <laughs> yeah. I love the it. journey um, of Clit Talk. The journey of Clit Talk. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but yes, but thank you, Kim, so much. Um, we're thank so excited to to continue to educate ourselves with you as our guide along the yeah, way. And yeah. the work you're doing is amazing. And I Thank love, you. and I love the way that you talk to your kids about it. I want to, I wanted to actually re-say what I said earlier. I'm like, I hope they're not listening to this. I didn't mean this particular episode. This would actually be a great, be a great episode for kids. I just hope little children aren't listening to clip talk is what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> we got what you meant. My, my oldest son, my oldest son had said he's, he's 16 now. And you know, he went, he was using social media. He goes, mom, do not comment. Do not like, you can't follow me. And, and he said, can't you just, can't you be a boob coach? And I said, but I don't, I don't coach people about their boobs. He's like, mom, it's just so embarrassing. So that's hilarious. hilarious. When they were younger, they were totally fine. And they were put, they would put their hands up in their, you know, their sex education classes and say, yes, that's menstruation. Yes, that's a uterus. And and they were, they had no big deal. But of course, once you get to high school, it's a little more. Your son doesn't even know. He's going to thank you like 15 years from now. Exactly. That's what I always say. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He really is. Like, like, thank God I had the mom I did. All right. Well, Kim, again, thank you so much. Everyone, we're going to have links in here of how you can connect to her. We're going to share our Buff Muff Challenge. And with that, Clitorati, we're going to see you next Tuesday. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Clit Talk. Be sure to visit clittalkshow.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at clittalkshow for your clit fix in between episodes.